on everybody, it's your buddy, it's your pal, Smash Phoenix, the YWC Reality Chicken. Let's have some fun. I'm recording this on Sunday. It's a preview for Tuesday. I'm just trying to get all my ducks in a row because who knows what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw. But we got a very special NXT. NXT is under fire from the competition. Let's be real for a second. It's not the competition's fault, but it is what it is. Nobody drove them to the battle line, but they did put some pretty heavy bullets in the gun if you look at what's happening on the uh, Title Tuesday uh, episode of Dynamite. So, the way that WWE has said, okay, we're going dicks on the table, let's go dicks on the table. This is going to be probably the most fun episode of NXT we've seen in a while, probably the most unpredictable and... On the other side of the coin, it's very much going to feel like an, uh, when Raw does an anniversary show or SmackDown does an anniversary show, because yeah, there's going to be a lot of cameos, and people are going to make a lot of big deal about the cameos, but the cameos are going to come and go, and then NXT is going to go back to what it has always been, but with cameos come possibilities. So I am going to talk about it. I am going to preview NXT. This for a regular, supposedly a regular, episode of NXT is something I've never done. I've previewed the elevated episodes, I've previewed the takeovers, the PLEs as they are now. I've never previewed a regular episode of NXT, so don't get used to this. This is just purely me coming up here to have a bit of fun. And it's also the most amount of pods you've gotten from me in a condensed amount of days in a long time. So I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you pass it on. I have seen an uptick on, on X and a couple of other things of people with some positive responses to what I do here, uh, above and beyond the usual. So first and foremost, I want to send a really, really heartfelt bit of appreciation to anybody that's newly hopped on board, shall we say. But let's, let's get into what we know is happening and what I think might happen and what would be cool but probably isn't happening, because that's going to be a lot of this pod as well. We have a trios match, or a, or a six-man tag. I mean, the other side will be mad if I say trios, but whatever. It's... Tyler Bate, Butch, and Ridge Holland taking on all three members of Gallus. It's pretty simple. Um, what's it called? They're, they had the... the Oh, what's the name of it? The Heritage Cup match at No Mercy. Gallus got involved. Uh, Tyler Bate and Butch had the tag team match against two members of Gallus. Third one got involved. Ridge made his return to NXT. You knew this was going to happen. It's happening. It's... Two-thirds of the Brawling Brutes slash two-thirds of British Strong Style, for those of you who are around in the British Strong Style days. Really, really still going to say it's too bad that they don't have Trent Seven anymore, but that's that's just me. Trent Seven is too busy being the current Destiny World Champion. Yes, check it off your Spass Phoenix bucket list. Nice and early. And Gallus on the other side of the coin get way more hate than they deserve. Think the think the baby faces are going to win. I don't think Ridge coming down is a long-term thing, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know what Sheamus is doing right now. I heard a whisper in the wind. Yes, that's a Jeff Hardy reference. That Sheamus is dealing with an injury at the moment. So if this is a way to put him and Butch back on NXT for a while to give them something to do until Sheamus comes back, that's that's not terrible. I do think the babyfaces are going to win. On a side note, I just like to uh, throw this out there into the ether. Uh, with all the crossover going between main roster and NXT, which isn't a huge deal, let me remind you, because they're all WWE shows and you can have WWE talent on WWE shows, I really do think the next person they need to cycle down to NXT for a for a mini run to work with some people is Bailey, because Bailey is awesome. She's getting her flowers for how awesome she is, but she's not getting 
the rewards, I think, for being as awesome as she is. So, uh, for somebody to come down and have sort of a Renaissance NXT title run, similar to what Be Becky's doing right now, but not necessarily the same, I think Bailey's a great candidate for that, and I think everybody in NXT right now, specifically the Roxanne Perez's and the Cora Jade's and the Tiffany Stratton's and all that, could... could um, not that not that they're bad, but could only get better by leaps and bounds by working with somebody like a Bailey. After working with somebody like a Becky, after some of them have had the opportunity to work with somebody like a Rhea Ripley, uh, I think there's a wealth of experience to pass on there. And I think anybody that thinks that that's a bad thing is a tidbit crazy. On the other side of the coin, I don't know what the match is this week, but we are getting the continuation of the women's, uh, the sorry, the 2023 NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Yes, long titles for the win. Uh, I don't know what the match is this week. I'm tentatively excited about the tournament because a tournament is a very easy thing to get invested in. But also, unless somebody drastically throws a swerve in the first round, Kalani Jordan's winning the tournament, isn't she? I mean, I like Roxanne Perez, but last time they did the breakout tournament, we knew as soon as it announced that she was winning. Not that that's a bad thing. Roxanne Perez is awesome. Kalani Jordan clearly has already been featured on pay-per-view. They clearly see something in her. Um, and the rest of it is is what it is. There's two different... Uh, uh, ladies from Toronto there, so I got some hometown girls in the mix, including uh, Ariane Grace, which is the daughter of Santino Morella, so that's kind of cool. She's doing the, the sort of the Miss NXT gimmick as a tip of the hat back to her dad's Santina Morella gimmick, which I think is cool. There's a lot of fun to be had in this tournament, but there is no, for me anyways, until unless they swerve me, there's no, oh my god, I wonder who's going to win. So, excitement is, is varied and balanced on, on that one. Now, Let's get into some big stuff now. Cody Rhodes is coming to NXT for the very first time, and he has a huge announcement. Now, first and foremost, like I said in my pod a couple of days ago, if nothing else, if Cody Rhodes just comes in, says a quick hello, tips his hat to NXT and leaves, that's cool enough, because on the real-life side of things, I mean, you guys know me, I've got no great love for Cody Rhodes, but for him to come down and visit the place that his dad helped get started... That's a cool thing. I can't begrudge anybody that. I really, really can't. So that would be enough. Cody Rhodes just showing up in an NXT ring is an emotional moment, whether you like Cody Rhodes or not. So I think that part of it's very cool. Now, there's the question of what is his big announcement. Now, we've got the Women's Breakout Tournament going on already. They're going to want to do another tournament after that, right? I think it could be something as simple as the 2023 Dusty Classic, which is which is fine. And if they're doing it now that we have a Rhodes back in the company, of course, have him come out and announce it. That's absolutely fine. And once again, if he just comes out, announces the Dusty Classic and leaves, that's, that's fine. That's good enough. Now. Now. Where the fun stuff starts coming in is where we get into creative endeavors. He's now one of the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, along with Jey Uso. Does that mean him and Jey Uso are both there? Does that mean he and Jey Uso have a stare down, you know, respectfully or not, with the current NXT Tag Team Champions, Tony D and Stax? That could be a lot of fun. Does he come down and have a one-off square up with the NXT championship holder. Now, I know he's still going to go for the WWE championship. They're going to hand it to him at WrestleMania, and everybody but me is going to be happy about it. I'm the grumpy guy. That's fine. But if he said, hey, I I've got to finish a story, but, you know, one of my old chapters 
is my dad, and what if I went after that championship? And if we do a quick one-month program where he potentially puts over somebody like an Ilya Dragunov who could really use it, that's really cool. If you want to see him talking to or having a brief interaction with Carmelo Hayes before his main event later on tonight, and he says, you know, hey man, I know a champion when I see it, I, I know you just lost yours, but, you know, keep your chin up, uh, how do you feel about us having to go at Halloween Havoc, or something simple like that, that could be cool. Cody Rhodes, for as much as I don't like him, as, as a presence on my screen, as a... If you give me a list of wrestlers and say, okay, Spaz, you can pick anybody you want. Who do you want to see on your TV screen right now? He's going to be pretty low on the list. He's not one of my guys. He comes out and he did all the weird stuff that he did in AEW. Let me remind you that my wife is black and my kid is mixed and you guys like my brother and you guys like my dad and I can cry on command and I can do all, I can check all these boxes. And he's super obnoxious like that. In WWE, with the WWE platform, he's also added a lot of that Cena element to an to an already pretty obnoxious babyface character. I don't like Cody Rhodes as a character. As a what can he bring to a young talent? What can he bring to a smaller show? What can he bring to somebody who's trying to make their way up in the world? The guy's an invaluable asset. I'll never take that away from him. Just like as soon as the bell rings, I'll never take away from what he can do in the ring. Him and Jey Uso on, uh, on Fastlane in that match, I said in the review, I said they the first thing they had to do was show that they could work as a team. And the two of them worked together as a team like they'd been teaming for ages, which is awesome because the last time that they were fighting, that he and Jay were fighting over tag team titles in his last run was Cody and Dustin versus the Usos, which is a nice, neat little bit of trivia that ties all that up as well. Cody is probably coming down to have a wave and a hello. He's probably coming down to announce the Dusty Classic, and that is fine. If they choose to do some creative with him, that's... That's invaluable. Like I say, that's invaluable. That's value beyond measure to the NXT roster. And as, if you're somebody like a Shawn Michaels who's trying to put that show together, Cody Rhodes is one of the first tools you put in your toolbox. Even even I won't deny that. Now, the other thing as well is the rumors are, and I don't want to get into this because it's a bit of a bummer, um, before he passed away, you know, Wyndham Rotunda, rest in peace, obviously, uh, the plan to bring him back was to have him feud with Cody Rhodes. So he was going to be spending a bunch of time if you if you believe the rumors, and like I say, if, if you believe what you've read and what I've read, uh, there was a big chunk of time going to be spent on him and Bray Wyatt. Now, if that's gone, take that time, have him sort of split his time, do some do some keep your keep your name in the headlines stuff on Raw, and work with a couple of NXT talents as well and elevate them. Maybe partner him up with whoever the next person you're bringing up is, whether that's a Braun Breaker, whether that's a Carmelo Hayes, etc. I there's so much that you could do with Cody Rhodes showing up on NXT. But that being said, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Cody Rhodes coming out, having a wave, talking about how much NXT means to him because of his dad, and maybe announcing a new Dusty Classic. And you know what? That's also fine. Talking about people coming down to the show and actually contributing something that we know they're going to contribute is Roxanne Perez taking on SmackDown's Asuka. Now, I said in the preview for Fastlane, wouldn't it be cool if Asuka won the title? She didn't. Uh, that title is still on EO Sky because Charlotte went in. The helpless, or sorry, the uh, 
selfless star that she is and ate another pin to make Eosky and Oscar look amazing. Although people will never give Charlotte her props and her flowers, but that's another conversation for another day. Asuka did not come away with the uh, WWE Women's Championship. That's still on Eosky, but Asuka is still a big enough name to make Roxanne Perez look like a billion dollars. Now, we're going to talk about Becky Lynch and Lara Valkyria in a second, but Roxanne Perez could have won that match that Lyra Valkyria won, if not for the interference of Kiana James. Kiana James then went on to say, oh, I bet you're pissed off at me. Well, bet you want to get your hands on me. Well, I've just made a couple of calls. I've done a business. And uh, if you want to get to me, you have to pick my, cho you have to fight and defeat my chosen opponent first. And my chosen opponent is SmackDown's Asuka, the Empress of Tomorrow, etc., etc., etc. So this is a very, it's a very easy thing to say that either... Asuka's going to give Roxanne a hell of a match. Uh, Roxanne might look like she's going to do the upset, and then Keanu James gets involved and interferes. Okay, fine, cool, kind of messy, but whatever. Asuka beats Roxanne doesn't help anybody. Roxanne Perez beats Asuka, does big guns for Roxanne Perez, sets up a non-title feud for Roxanne Perez and Keanu James, and let's be real, it doesn't hurt Asuka at all. The fact that they brought her back to the show knowing the notoriety that she will bring to the show means that a single loss doesn't put a scratch on that knowledge and that notoriety whatsoever. Plus, Asuka's just great, and she was one of the most dominant women's champions ever in NXT, so... Forget what it can do for Roxanne for a second. Forget what it can do for Keanu James for a second. Forget what it can do for the show, for the ratings, whatever, for a second. Maybe it's just a nice, cool homecoming moment for Asuka. I mentioned Bailey uh, a minute ago, because I would love to see her back in NXT as well. She was part of the formative years of NXT. But Asuka... The, the division changed when Asuka was the champion, and it's easy to say stuff like that. There's two people... The four horsewomen, or the three horsewomen in Sasha Banks, uh, sort of set the stage for what the women's division would be. The women's division, I think, actively changed under the reign of Asuka. It also actively changed under the reign of Shayna Baszler. And nobody else has changed what that division looks like in such a dramatic way as those six women did. With all due respect to the two that started it all, Emma and Paige, um, it's those six women that, in various stages, formed what you thought that division was. So Asuka, just having a homecoming in general, is awesome. She could do what Cody Rhodes is doing. Just come down, have a wave, hey, remember me, nice to be back, maybe I'll fight some of you in the future when you get up to the main roster. But no, she's coming down to give Roxanne Perez probably the match of her life. And considering my introduction to Roxanne Perez was one singular episode of Impact where Roxy took on Deanna Perrazzo, who you guys all know how high I am on Deanna Perrazzo, that's a hell of a lot of praise coming from me. Now, there's a couple of different stories going on with the Judgment Day at the moment. Uh, Dominic just won his title back last week against Trick with the help of all five members of the Judgment Day. Now, after Saturday... Judgment Day is at the very least crumbling. At the very at the very least, Damian Priest is injured. At the very least, they've got their eyes set on JD McDonough. Potentially, they also have their eyes set on Finn Balor, who was trying to bring in JD McDonough. Uh, there's nothing really tying Priest and Balor together anymore from the friction that they had before because they're no longer tag team champions. And Rhea Ripley, being the boss, being the tribal chiefette. Uh, and keeping them all reined in can only last for so long if we're realistic about the whole thing. So, is Dominic a sitting duck? Does Dominic have 
one more rematch against Trick Williams. Does Trick Williams see Dominic in a weakened state or see the backup of Dominic Mysterio in such a weakened state that he can go to HBK and say, you know what, I might, I think I might actually get a fair shake this time around. Why don't you give me another rematch? Why don't you give me a rematch at Halloween Havoc or whatever? Or, or, we know Dragon Lee has sort of quietly been moved up to the main roster presumably on SmackDown, presumably he's going to have some stuff to do with the LWO. Now, this isn't going to be popular. Dragon Lee should have been the third member of the LWO at Fastlane. I think it was very cool to see Carlito. He was there for a grand total of 30 seconds or so, and he got to pick up the win after a backstabber. Fine, cool. Carlito looks great. Looks like he's done some amazing work on himself. I'm happy for the guy if he's back full-time. That's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but you were just on the cusp of giving somebody like a Dragon Lee this really awesome introduction to the main roster, and you've missed that. Um, but if he is slyly, secretly sort of making a quiet move to SmackDown, and he wants to get one last shot in on Dominic Mysterio before he leaves the land of black and gold, you could have a match between him and Dominic Mysterio as well. Now, that being said, those two stories coming together, they could do something really cool here, where Trick Williams, who's just starting out on his own, Dragon Lee, who's just starting on this new venture to the main roster, and Dominic Mysterio, who got his belt back, but is also watching his family fall apart. That would be a really fun triple threat match for Halloween Havoc. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It'd be fantastic. Um... On the other side of the coin, you got Priest and Finn, who just lost their tag team titles, and because Dominic Mysterio is an NXT champion, they do have the right to come down to NXT. Could they do some massive overcompensation? And if Tony D and Stax don't have a run-in with Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso, do Tony D and Stax have a run-in with Priest and Balor? Priest and Balor, unlike Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes, have history in NXT. They've been champions in NXT. If they if they choose to bounce back and overcompensate for their loss on Saturday by taking out the NXT tag champs, that could be a lot of fun too. The Judgment Day versus the family at Halloween Havoc or at Deadline would be absolutely fun. Um, throwing any single member of the Bloodline into that Iron Survivor Challenge match would be really good too. Just Finn Balor Throw Finn Balor in the Iron Survivor Challenge. It'll be fine. Because if Finn Balor goes on to start the year next year taking on Ilya Dragunov, or uh, whoever's the champion at the time for the title, Finn Balor versus Ilya Dragunov, or Finn Balor versus Carmelo Hayes are both matches that would headline pay-per-views that I would buy the fuck out of, even though I don't have to. It's on the WWE Network for $9.99. Um, there's a lot they can do with the Judgment Day with the fluidity between... Raw and NXT, and the fact that one of the Judgment Day actually technically does hold a NXT championship. Speaking of NXT championships, the women's championship is still on Becky Lynch. Lyra Valkyria won a triple threat match last week set up by Becky Lynch because she's part-timing as an assistant uh, booker for NXT, apparently. Um, Becky and Lyra had a pretty respectful thing going forward. I think they're going to stay respectful, and somebody else who's mad that they didn't get a shot, like a, I don't know, like a Cora Jade, or an Indy Hartwell, or a, I don't know, Kiana James, or whoever, are going to go and fuck with them. And you're going to see Becky Lynch and Lyra Valkyria in tag team scenarios until they 
fight each other. It's almost like they have a match coming up that they're looking forward to. They have to defend that match against other people that want to mess it up. That's a that's a pretty good, fine story. The Lyra Valkyria story of, oh, you know, I grew up, you know, right down the road from you and you've done all these things for all of us back at home. Uh, people being weird on Twitter is, I don't even think that story's true. It's wrestling. Please, I said it, I said it during the Fastlane uh, review a lot. Please, please step outside, get a breath of fresh air, touch grass, get a hooker, get your dick sucked, do whatever you got to do. It's wrestling. It's just wrestling. You'll be fine, I promise. The main event, the main event is Carmelo Hayes with John Cena in his corner, with Braun Breaker, Paul Heyman in his corner. Now, now, two more people that want to get some good in their ledger uh, towards the end of uh, Fastlane are Jimmy and Solo because they lost to John Cena and LA Knight because of course they did. I would assume it's less likely that Jey Uso comes with Cody Rhodes. If Cody Rhodes is just coming to do the, the feel-good announcement stuff, I don't think he necessarily needs to have Jey Uso with him. I would assume more than anything else that Paul Heyman will have Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa in his in his corner while he's in Braun Breaker's corner. I definitely predict that there will be interference. I definitely predict that John Cena will get involved to, uh, I don't know, to negate that interference. It will still be a three-on-two advantage, and I think Carmelo Hayes' boy, Trick Williams, is going to have his back one last time, and the end of the night, I predict, and I'm going out on a limb here, I know I'm going out on a limb here. I predict that the actual main event of this show is going to be Carmelo Hayes, John Cena, and Trick Williams versus Braun Breaker in the Bloodline. That's my prediction. Pretty sure it's wrong. I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, there's... Like, Solo Sokoa has been in NXT. Solo Sokoa is tied to the Bloodline. Solo Sokoa bringing the Bloodline to NXT to back up Paul Heyman makes sense. Carmelo Hayes reached out to John Cena for advice. He reaches out to Trick Williams, his buddy, for advice all the time. So what does Cena and Trick Williams have in common? They're both there to support the star Carmelo Hayes. Now, that doesn't necessarily work if Trick Williams has his focus on getting his belt back. If you want to say, hey... Uh, Cena grabs the microphone and said, hey, I thought something like this might happen, so I brought back my partner one more time, L.A. Knight, yeah, that's fine too. Cena, L.A. Knight, Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker in the Bloodline also doesn't hurt my feelings in the slightest. Now, what sent people crazy, and here's the thing, I like watching people get crazy on, on Twitter, on X, because what drives them nuts, what drives them nuts changes day to day, and it just gets more and more sad. And last week on NXT, when all these matches were being announced, the big outrage, if, if we boil it down, if we boil it down to what it really is, we wanted AEW to compete with one-third of, of WWE. We can, we can manage that. We did it before. We did it on Wednesdays when we popped up on Wednesdays to fuck with them. We were very comfortable with our entire company, everything at our disposal, the entire AEW, ROH, and whoever else they feel like bringing in roster, going head-to-head -head with the weakest show, the smallest show, the developmental show of WWE, we were able to technically say that we got a win over WWE by beating the weakest third of, of WWE. 
now what has happened is people don't have that advantage anymore. So the cry, basically, it, like I say, boil it down. Let's be real. Let's be let's be fair. Let's analyze this properly. The cry from the AEW side is how dare WWE move their AE or sorry how dare WWE move their WWE talents around and stick them on a different WWE show. That's that's special enough. That's re-re enough. That's you need a helmet even when you're not wearing a bike enough. But then the promos came up on SmackDown and people got newly outraged. And it's like, why? Why why are you upset about what you already knew four days ago? Well, why do they need to talk about it on SmackDown? Okay. In the pay-per-view. Oh, duh, duh. and then they ran the uh, the same trailer. The same trailer randomly in the middle of Fastlane, like they would normally advertise what's going on the next night on Monday Night Raw on a on a Fastlane, like Dynamite would advertise what's happening on Rampage, Rampage would advertise what's going on on Collision, Collision would advertise the pay-per-view that's the next night, and the pay-per-view that's the next night would advertise the following Dynamite, and nobody would ever say a thing. But, oh my god, why are they wasting pay-per-view time just promoting NXT? I mean, this isn't even an NXT, it's a WWE show. It is what it is. So, the complaint... The complaint and the screeching and the hair pulling and the stomping of the feet on the concrete floors because you know th all, these people all live in a basement and haven't seen sunlight in five years. The complaint went from how dare they put WWE stars on a WWE show to how dare they promote this WWE show on their other WWE shows. Please seek help. Please tighten the strap on your helmet. Please get out there. Please, fresh air will not hurt you. The grass is nice and soft. You'll like it. The hooker down the road doesn't actually like you, but if you've got the green, she'll still suck your dick. It's fine. There are bigger things in life than wrestling. I promise you. That being said, this show is going to destroy Dynamite, and I'm going to laugh a whole lot. Oh, yes. And why? I'll say what I said a couple of days ago on the other pod. Why am I going to laugh? Because they wanted a war, WWE is giving them a war, and I say good. Fuck them. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.